Hello, I'm Daniel. This is my podcast, Sharpening the Mind. I am a meditation teacher and also a labor activist in Kansas City, Missouri. I teach classes in meditation and Buddhism at the Rime Buddhist Center, as well as a few other places. Thank you for listening and have a great day. Welcome to the podcast, everybody. I've got a friend here in the dining room with me. This is my girlfriend, Alicia Marley, who I live with, who I raise four children with. Say hello, Alicia. Hi. Hi. So I'm happy you're here in the dining room with me, and I want to ask you, what brought you to meditation practice? Can you tell our listeners what brought you to meditation practice? So not Buddhism, but meditation practice. If you're more comfortable answering what brought you to Buddhism, I think that would be fantastic and our listeners would enjoy that. Um, <clears throat> so I had a friend who started going to this Basics of Buddhism class. And I started collecting the handouts that she brought to me. She's a co-worker, so she brought them to work to me. And I was collecting them for my then husband because he had always said he's interested in Buddhism. Well, before I gave them to him, I read them. And I'm like, oh, that sort of resonates. That sort of seems true. So I passed him along. But every time she came back from one of those classes, I was excited to read it. So I decided that I should pursue it, and I went to the Basics of Buddhism class with her, and that's sort of what started it. So I went to a weekly thing, and, you know, there's meditation and a talk and all that jazz. But, um, yeah, it was really just uh, trying to help my husband, and I helped myself instead. That is great. Sometimes I think when we're trying to encourage other people, we really end up encouraging ourselves more. Do you think that's true? Totally. Totally. Yeah. So there was one time <clears throat> uh-huh. I had a friend at work who I was emailing and he was really struggling with whatever he was dealing with. I don't even remember what it was about. And I had this realization because I was in a really bad mood that day. And then all of a sudden he started emailing me about this crap that was going on at work. And I'm just like, God, just another thing. And then for whatever reason, I thought, okay, fine. He needs me right now. I'll be there for him. So I encouraged him and told him it was going to be all right and told him, about the positive side of things. And after that conversation, I was like really happy. And I made this re- this realization, this revelation on my own that if you encourage others, whenever you're feeling discouraged, it will turn your total headspace around and you will be... <sighs> feeling happy and like you have a purpose and it's good. So yeah, I have made that realization on my own. Not even 
anything to do with Buddhism, but yeah, it's awesome. That I think that compassion and kindness are part of our nature. And because they're part of our nature, therefore helping others actually, actually is helpful to us. Just even from a selfish point of view, it's good for us to help other people. I think. What do you think? Okay, so you bring up this topic. <clears throat> and I think, okay, so if we help people, should we come from a place of wanting to help people? Or should we come from a place of wanting to feel good about ourselves? And which is the right standpoint? Which is the right place to be? And I have this wrestling in my mind because you think about Oh, the really basic example of like helping a, per a homeless person because you don't know what they're going to do with the fruit you give them. Homeless <laughs> <I mean, laughs> do some really shitty thing with the fruit. Okay, you don't know what they're going to do with the $20 you give them, the $10 or whatever. But do you do it to help them? Because if they just turn around and buy drugs, that's not helping them. Or do you just do it to feel better about yourself and go about your day with a smile on your face because you did such a great deed? So I have this struggle where if I help someone, I want to make sure I am helping them because I want to see them be better. I want to see them succeed. And it doesn't just come from a place of... I want to feel better about myself. I want to boost my ego because I did this great thing. So I try to check myself as far as um, those things are concerned. What do you think? So, um, listeners, I want you to know that Alicia made a big inside joke about giving fruit to the homeless because she knows that that's what I like to do. I like to take fruit to the homeless. It's um, not a joke. It's not really a joke, but it's a reference, and the listeners may not get that, Alicia. Well, so people, a lot of people, I think, would like to give fruit because it's because, a healthy, it's a healthy alternative that you know is going to be so, beneficial to them regardless. Not only is it healthy, but I also <laughs> think that it's hard to have access to fruit if you're homeless. I think it's really hard to have access to fresh fruit. So I think that it's beneficial, and they like it, and it's healthy. I could give them green beans, but I don't think they like it. Although that's it is, just because you don't like it. All right. So anyway, <laughs> right. So green beans are delicious. We could easily get in our heads and just think, oh, shit, am I doing this good deed for the right reason? I don't know if I'm doing it for the right reason, so I shouldn't do it. Right. Overthinking is a real problem that we have sometimes. So I think we need, just need to do the good deed and not sit and think, am I doing this because it feels good to do a good deed? I think we need to just do it and try really hard not to get caught in some kind of weird cycle in our heads like we might about am I doing this for the wrong reason am I doing this because it feels good am I doing this to get attention like hopefully we're not and hopefully we're not fuck giving <laughs> it's okay just go ahead hopefully we're not fucking giving a twenty dollar to a homeless person and checking in on Facebook that we're doing it so everybody can see it so we can get on the likes right hopefully our only struggle is, am I doing this because it feels good and not, am I doing this because then I can say, look at me, right? Hopefully our only struggle is, am I doing this because it feels good or am I doing this because they need help? 
Okay, um, but you've touched on a point. How many Facebook, people? Yeah. yeah. How many people do something good, do something great, <clears throat> and then immediately announce to the world what they've done? Is this something? Because I find this interesting. <clears throat> is this something that we should check ourselves with? Is this is this something that? Should we consciously check ourselves as far as why am I posting this? Why am I telling the world about this? Am I doing this just for attention? Am I doing this to show the world that, oh, look what I'm doing that's so great. Look how great of a parent I am. Or, I mean, what are the other reasons for sharing things? Just to involve people with our lives? I mean... Okay. I don't know, but that's one of those things. <clears throat> that's great. And I have a very, very relevant point to this. I, we used to go volunteer with a Buddhist group at Harvesters. Harvesters is a charity in Kansas City. If you're not in Kansas City, maybe you've never heard of it. But it's a charity that like, they, it's a wonderful charity. they they're a, the best charity in Kansas City. I really they believe have to that. Do with food. I really believe they're the best charity in Kansas City. But what they do is they're a clearinghouse for food donations, and they just like they share them amongst food pantries across the city. Is what they do. They're like a huge charity, <laughs> and they just make sure there's food at all the food pantries and food at all the soup kitchens, all that stuff. So it's a huge food. But anyway, and I'm telling you all that to tell you that we, the two of us together. And once in a while, we would take a child with us, but not all the children, because that would be a madhouse. But we... It's so much fun. Would volunteer, and it's fun, and it's also a good deed, right? We would volunteer, and what you do when you volunteer to Harvesters is you go, and you just sort food. And that's all you do. Oh, it's so great for You those. sort food so that it can be distributed. Did you have a point to make about Harvesters? Please make it. Go ahead. I was just going to say it's great for those who are organizationally minded because all you're doing is sorting food. It is great. If like <laughs> it's really satisfying to you to sort things, then it's a really great positive activity. But anyway, <laughs> we volunteered with a Buddhist group there, and I would always check in on Facebook. and Always. always which I have a habit of doing anyway because I'm really social media active, but... I would do that and I would tell myself, I am doing this because this Buddhist group comes here every month and nobody comes. And I don't mean nobody comes, but I mean that the most people we ever saw there were five. And there's a big Buddhist community in Kansas City. Like not super big, but... Big enough that I really felt like there should be more than five people volunteering at the Harvesters. And I was even hoping that just by telling people about this, I could maybe even bring in some non-Buddhists because we're welcoming. You don't have to be Buddhist to do this with us. We, in fact, would have people, um, students at a local Catholic college would sometimes come sort food with the Buddhists because they could do that and do a school speech or whatever, talking about what it was like to volunteer with Buddhists, which I think is really great. So we would, non-Buddhists would come. So I was kind of sharing it, hoping that other people would think, oh, it's really easy to do this volunteer work and to do good deeds. And hoping that one other person would do it. You know, if one other person did it, I'd feel really good. So, but 
anyway, I'm saying all that to say, was I doing it? I was telling myself I was sharing it because I was really hoping other people would see that they could do this too. And so my question is, was I doing that for that reason? Or was I sharing this because I love to share things and I want to <laughs> tell people that I'm doing good deeds, right? And Which either one of those is either loving to share things or telling people I'm doing good deeds. Those are both not great reasons. But hoping that one or two other people will be inspired to come volunteer, that would be a great reason. And that was the reason I told myself. So I'm going to ask Alicia now, do you think that I had that sincere, good motivation that I want to tell myself I had? Okay. I'm going to sort of not answer that question. Why do people really share anything on Facebook specifically? So I come across this really funny thing that's relatable about being parents and how the kids never listen, blah, 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 blah. And I think it's hilarious and I share it. What am I doing? Am I trying to let people know how I feel? Am I trying to get people's attention because I'm relatable? Okay. So the first thing, am I trying to get people's attention? <clears throat> Why would I share it at all? What's the point? What's the point of sharing anything? Is our life and our meaning wrapped up in this website? Is our life and meaning wrapped up in who sees what we post? Or is it just something that's funny that I want other people to think is funny and also put a smile on their face? Like, what's the real reason that we share things? Um, I know whenever I take pictures of the kids, I share things because I want to see, I want people to see the kids, but also I kind of want people to see what great photos they are. And that's sort of what we're talking about, right? So, I mean, is that a bad thing? Is it a bad thing to share because you want people to see what great things you're doing? Is it a bad thing? to share that or should we only be doing things like the Buddha would do and I want to get people to follow me I mean that seems just really uptight it seems really I'm sorry Christian-y religious-y like I'm not that kind of person so it just okay do you think do you think the Buddha would have a Facebook page Oh, I don't think so. Profile, not a page. No. She's not trying to get likes. No? Nope. Okay. So I want to say that today, today, um, okay, the government shutdown ended today. And I had a profile picture that was... Yay! That was a high five, guys. Um, I had a profile picture that was like, and the government shut... Oh, no, it was a picture of myself on the news because I was at a shutdown rally. and Because he likes um, people to see himself on the news. Um, so he anyway, make sure that everybody, when the it. shutdown ended, I was like, I'm going to change my profile picture. And I looked through my pictures and I found a picture of Alicia and I in front of a mural that's here in Kansas city. It says Kansas city. I'm so in love in the mural. And it's like a word bubble. So it looks like Alicia's saying it and we're hugging. Aw, right. 
So, but although I had to crop it because it was too big for a profile picture. So it just says I'm so in love and it looks like Alicia's saying it and we're hugging and it's really sweet. And it's a mural here in Kansas City. And if you're in Kansas City, you should go find it because it's great. You've already said um, I really like murals a lot. Anyway. Um, so anyway, I shared that as my profile picture. And I know that the pleasure center in my brain is getting stimulated every time somebody clicks the heart or the thumbs up, especially the heart, but the thumbs up too. Every time somebody sees it says like so-and-so reacted to your profile picture and I look and it's a heart. I'm that stimulates the pleasure centers in my brain for sure, which is, is feels good, right? It feels good. But that also that's kind of scary. Cause then, then I think how much power does Facebook have over us? Right? Why am I, why am I getting, and I don't want to pick on Facebook because it's the same if I'm on Twitter and I read somebody retweets me. That's a really good feeling. If I'm Instagram, in, do people retweet you? If I'm on, yeah. And if I'm on Insta, I heard the kids call Instagram Insta now. And so if I'm on Insta and somebody hearts one of my Instagram posts, that makes me really happy too. Does it matter who it is? Doesn't matter. So I really want it to be people that I know in real life that are in Kansas City. Um, I think that maybe makes me a little bit happier if it's someone local rather than I have a lot of friends who are far away. And so I think it makes me a little bit happier, especially like, um, that profile picture when people that know both of us have liked or loved it, that makes me, I like that a lot, but it doesn't really matter. Why do we pay attention? I have no idea. Like, why does that make us feel? I should be able to treat that profile picture the same way I treat my birthday. And what I mean by that is this Facebook tell, told everybody it was my birthday on December 27th. And I (laughs) did not. Watch everybody posting on my wall, happy birthday. I I did look at it on December 28th and see how many there were. You but didn't look at all on, on my birthday? birthday, I resolved to not do it. I've been doing this for 10 years. I've been doing Facebook for 10 years. So I resolved to this intensively? N- not look at it. No, not this intensively, but to not look at it for a day because I knew, like, what am I doing? Am I getting notifications all day long of somebody saying, hey, happy birthday, right? Um... Not to say that I would crap on people that wish me happy you birthday, didn't look of course. At Facebook at but all on your birthday? Is that true? That is true. I did not look at Facebook at all on my birthday. I, didn't know I that. posted a status that said, I am 39 years old, and then I just put it away. I didn't know that. And because that's what because otherwise I'm reading notifications all day, which is not a good use of my time on You're my doing that anyway, on my though. birthday or any other time. That's why I turned off notifications on my phone because I don't believe this is real talk, real talk. I don't trust myself to not be f- looking at it every time a notification pops up. I, I, I have a problem, maybe. But, oh, America has a problem. The world has a problem, right? Facebook is addictive, and it can be dangerous. And I think I didn't know we would talk about Facebook the whole time on this podcast, but it's okay because Facebook is a powerful part of all of our lives. And, ridiculous um i remember did is, you is there anybody who would say facebook is great and it's a great part of my life and m- i'm so Mark, proud Mark Zuckerberg. my friend <laughs> okay true story true story i have this friend i'll give you a minute i have this friend his name is <laughs> 
I have this friend. His name is Daniel Symes. I became friends with him when I was 10 years old. Hey, he's Daniel. My, he's my oldest friend. I don't know if he listens or not, but I'll find out because he'll comment on this if he does. But my friend Daniel Symes, um, he's like a computer IT person, and he will post on how horrible Facebook is. But this guy loves Facebook more than anyone else in the world. He posts at least 70 things per day. I'm not exaggerating. He posts at least 70 things per day. I used to, because he's one of my oldest and dearest friends, I used to get notifications every time he posted something. I, I had to put a stop to that because that is absurd. And then I, I, um, he, not to say he's absurd, but I don't need, I don't want 70 more notifications a day. So I had to deactivate that. And once in a while, I have to just hide posts from him because he posts a lot, but he also sometimes posts like, this is why you should delete your Facebook. And I just think, what do you, you, you love Facebook more than anyone in the world. What are you doing? So sorry, Daniel. He really likes you though. I think I'm reminded of the movie, the social network. Have you seen that movie? Yeah. I really liked it, but in it, um, Justin Timberlake, maybe I haven't Justin Timberlake, who is a way better actor than a singer. he, plays the no, he's a good singer he's a way better actor he plays um the guy that created napster whose name i don't remember he plays the guy that created napster and he shows up and he says to mark zuckerberg he says people don't live in the world anymore they live on the internet oh. and i think that he and i don't know if the real event oh, was that like that so sad justin timberlake in that movie was really predicting what would happen because the truth is we kind of do live on the internet. It's so sad. We kind of do live sad? on the internet. Well, that is why I make an effort to go find interesting things in my city and when we travel too, of course, but find interesting statues? things, mainly statues. I really have a thing for statues, but murals, murals, art, Art. We like art. I like to find interesting things to go to and then go to those. That's why I've spent, we have, since our relationship started, we've spent a lot of time exploring our city because, and I think this is true everywhere, there's a lot of interesting things around and we're just not going to see those things. And that's a tragedy. Doesn't have to be Buddhist. Doesn't that is a tragedy. It does not have to be interesting. Does not have to be, right? Just so, take an interest. So we have... There's a place in Kansas City called Liberty Memorial, and it is a big tower. It's a big tower, and it's the uh, it's the National World War One monument for the whole country. And it's a big old tower, and you can go up in it, and you can just look out at the city. And people are not taking advantage of this. Like, I mean, it's not free, but it's not expensive. And people in the city are not taking advantage of that very much. So I've been up in it twice. And I took Alicia up in it. It was her first time going up there. And you just go up and you just look around at the city because you're up high. It's really tall. And it's it's very tall. And it was a very neat experience. And it's just a little thing that anyone in Kansas City can do anytime they want. I mean, you got to go and you got to wait in line and then you got to pay. And it's like a, um, uh, it's a very old elevator like it's not technologically advanced so someone who's very skittish about isn't that part of the fun 
I, I feel that that's part of the fun, but someone who's very skittish about old timey elevators might might have a weird experience. But you but have an assistant. There's somebody who rides there's somebody, up and down. Right. With you. There's a professional whose job is to take people up and down the elevator. <laughs> so it's Usually great. Old retired. I wouldn't recommend it right now because it's very cold, and it's windy up there. So I think go in the summer, but what about maybe spring, maybe fall, but a warm day. But it's a great thing to just go up and just look down at the city. What are some of the other um, other things in the city that you have come across that aren't something that you could just Google that you have come to appreciate? Oh, that you can't Google? Yeah. Like if you uh, Google things to do in Kansas City, that's one of them. World War One. okay? What are some of the right. other things? Oh, man. Okay. If you've explored the city, what are some of your favorite parts? Right. So there's a place called Lookout Park. Overlook? Over. Thank you. Overlook Park, it's in the crossroads. Okay, and by the way, there's a geocache there, and it's really hard to find. It was our first geocache. We don't Aww. even, we don't even. We, don't, we found it, and it was in the dark, and we, we found it, and we wrote on it, and we put hearts on it, and it was a really big moment. Okay, go ahead. Overlook Park. Yeah, thanks, Alicia. So, yes, uh, this is the plug for geocaching. Geocache is an app you can get on your phone. And it will tell you, you can go on a scavenger hunt with it. I wasn't going to try to sell you on geocaching, but oh, it's so much fun. I do we recommend do it. it. And it was because of geocaching that we found this park. Nobody yeah. knows about it. No, I'd never heard of it before, but you go up to this park That's and it's you just find like a lot of things. It's kind of a sketchy park. Like it's not that nice, but um, there's a view up there that is just amazing. You just can look down and you just see like, all of Kansas City. Would you say that you overlooked the city? I would say that you overlooked the city. I've I, overlooked this part, park. But no, no, you're in the park and you overlook. You overlook because the city's the below camp. you and you can look and you see the whole city. Like you see everything. It's really And that's, up that's amazing. And that, I wouldn't have found that with Google because there are like a million parks in Kansas City. And I don't think I would have found it. But like... At the same time, I think that we should take advantage of Google because I think most of the interesting things are completely Googleable, and I think we shouldn't give up and say, oh, I can't Google the fun things. I think most of the things are Googleable and can be found by Google just fine. No, but you can't search. No, if you're serious about exploring, you cannot search what are the cool things in Kansas City and find the actual cool things. You have to actually go into the city and actually, okay, I'm really sorry. This is not the point, but <laughs> geocaching really helped us find the places in Kansas City. We had no idea was there. So we would just be like, oh, okay, let's go find this one. And we'd go and be like, what's this? And we go exploring, and we'd find things that we never knew about the city. So that's fun. Okay, you're right. Okay, I don't yeah, we know. We kind of sidetracked here. Uh, yeah, What's we're talking about point? wonder. Wonder. There is wonder in everyday <laughs> life, and a lot of people in Kansas City are not appreciating the wonderful things in Kansas City. And I'm sure whatever place you're in, a lot of people there are not appreciating the wonderful things. What's the good thing there. about wonder? So, wonder. Wonder brings joy to Have our Have you guys lives. seen that movie? It's a great movie. And book. 
I'm judging you right now. So wonder <laughs> brings wonder, great things to our lives. We get a lot of joy out of wonder. So, um, yeah, that's it. So I can look at really good art and I can feel a lot of, if I really am appreciating it, I can feel wonder. And I know when we took our trip to Colorado, I looked at Pike's Peak and I really felt wonder. And I went to Rocky Mountain National Park. And I really felt wonder because mountains are amazing. And I wish we had mountains here, but we don't. And when we went to St. Louis and I looked at the Mississippi River, I had wonder because it's so big. What about the Cahokia Mountains? It's very big. And the Cahokia Mountains too. So also we like to travel. But here in Kansas City, what we have a lot of is art. We do. We have a lot of art. We have, and also, like, outside of the city, there's a sunflower field you can go to, like, like well, five days out of the year. that's the thing about like Kansas. five days out of the year, there are sunflowers. But we don't have a lot of natural wonders here. Um, I feel like it's not very far to get to a cave or to get to a sunflower field or to get to, like, plains. Like, if you really want to see plains and grasslands, then this is a good place to go to. But otherwise, like city stuff like beautiful skylines we have those we have like some bridges that are really cool and we have some pretty art and that kind of stuff is what we have here and statues and sculptures we have a lot of that stuff go ahead what do you think why do you think it's important to have wonder why do you think that's such something that we should appreciate so life is really hard Right, <laughs> and Dude. we all have a lot of struggles, and I struggle to find wonder sometimes. So, what's your point? So, wonder is what brings joy and meaning to our lives. And if we can just look at something and have a sense of wonder, then we can come into a state of happiness and contentment anytime. Can I add something? Please add something. <laughs> I feel like if I have a sense of wonder about the world, I will sit. There was one place we went to in Colorado. I think it was on the way to Pikes Peak. There was this lake and there was a mountain behind it. And it was snow capped. And so you could see the re reflection in the lake. And I thought, oh my God, there's so much bigger. There's so much bigger stuff out there. There's so much that's bigger than me. And it sort of gives me this sense of awe as though I know, I, I mean, it sounds really cheesy, but it's just like, I'm not alone. There's, there's something out there. There's something that has made all of this in front of us. And it just gives me this sense of awe as though, and almost a reassurance that I'm not alone. And I know that sounds kind of silly because I mean, it's just plate tectonic tectonics plate. Tectonics is the right word. Oh, okay. To, to make the mountains. Right. Mm -hmm. And probably it's, it's just clouds and temperature to make the snow and all of these things that are just dumbed down into really minute things that don't, have a lot of meaning but whenever you add it all up it has a huge amount of meaning and so I look I looked at these mountains I looked at the reflection of the mountains and I thought I could stay here forever because 
It's so beautiful. And I didn't make it. And I just happened upon it. And it's right in front of me. And I want to appreciate it. And I guess to me that's a sense that's a sense of awe is appreciating the things that are bigger than you, appreciating the things that you didn't make. And it's not about you. It's about the other things, right? It's about the things that don't have to do with you. <laughs> okay. So I think as human beings, I think that somehow very large things mean something to us. So I want to make the point that Buddhist history and especially Zen history and especially Zen history in China it's about like this teacher lived on this big mountain and people would come to the mountain to learn to him. Like Zen history is full of that. Like there was a teacher that said, and I don't know who said this, so I apologize for not knowing, but he said, we sit alone together, the mountain and I until only the mountain remains. And that's just, that's a story of a dude who's unattached to life. Right. He's just saying, we just sit until I'm gone and we're just sitting together, me and the mountain. Right. So I think that really large things like mountains and like the Mississippi River, like really big rivers, not like what we have here in Kansas City, but really big rivers, I think they just hold a lot of meaning for us because they remind us that we're very small. They're very humbling. And I think people that live in places where you can see a lot of stars, I think they experience a humbling feeling too. So again, we're in a city. We don't see a lot of stars when we look up. But I think people that live in places where there's not a lot of light pollution and they can look up and see a lot of stars, um, I think it's very humbling and powerful to them. And I want to go, Alicia, to that observatory that's in Australia where you go up in a mountain and you go up above the clouds and you look up and you see the stars and like you can see all the stars. Like I want to do that because I think that will be the same feeling. There'll be a lot of wonder because – Things are so much bigger than us, and we've got to remember that things are so much bigger than us. And when we when we forget, when we start to think that we're big and we're important, I think that we start to make mistakes. I think we start to um, cause all sorts of, sorts of problems for ourselves because we're thinking that we're the whole universe, right? And the truth is that we're all very small and we're all in the greater scheme of things. We're a blip and then we're going to be gone and everything's going to go on. And when we think we're the center of the universe, then we get upset because the universe does not revolve around us. And if we start to think it should, then it's going to cause all sorts of problems for our mental health. And when you feel like you should be the center of the universe, it's easy to make mistakes and it's easy for, also it's easy for people to sell you things. It's kind of easy for people to, to uh, trick you because you think that you deserve certain things that maybe the universe isn't giving you. What do you think of that? Hmm. I guess I think if somebody 
this isn't maybe the point, but if somebody's trying to sell me something <clears throat> and I'm the center of the universe, I'd be like, no, I can get it on my own. I don't need somebody <laughs> to sell it to me. Go away. But I, I know what you're saying whenever you say it's good to be reminded of how small you are. It's good for your pride to be humbled, to be reminded that you are not as great as you think you are. And we all have a long way to go. Nobody's perfect. I went to uh, Sequoia National Park a few years ago. And that was probably my biggest moment of, oh my God, I am tiny. Because the trees are huge. The sequoia trees. I know you haven't been, but we'll go sometime. (laughs) I took a picture once of me with the trees. And I posted it. Okay. (laughs) On my Facebook (laughs) profile. Did you get a lot of hearts and thumbs up? I don't remember, but... My point. Yes, you do. No, I don't. Okay. My go point. On. My point <laughs> is that I posted that as my profile picture, and somebody commented about how I wasn't actually in the profile picture, and shouldn't the profile picture actually include me? And I replied, "But I am in the picture." And then they replied again, "Oh, so you are." Because I was so small in the picture, they didn't even see me. They just saw those ginormous trees. And I seriously felt like I was like a little bug in this forest of trees because it was so enormous. Do you remember who that was? Yeah. Okay. Well, um, do I know them? Okay. Well, I think they should put away their copy of the Facebook profile (laughs) rules. Because lots of people don't have pictures of okay, themselves. But I, okay, but I really appreciated being able to be like, hey, but I am. And they're like, ooh, touche. <laughs> I liked proving them wrong. You th- do you think that stimulated the pleasure center of your brain? Alicia's got her hand over her mouth and she's really ashamed right now. So, um, anyway... I want to thank Alicia for coming to the podcast and I'm going to thank everybody for listening to our discussion about wonder. We talked about Buddhism a little bit, but not much. I hope that this has been beneficial to you and I'll probably have Alicia over again. If, if people like this episode, so thank you for listening. Have a great day. Thank you. I love you. I love you too. Thank you for listening and have a good day.